that is just such a godly principle is that the words that we speak have power and they have power in diffusing a situation uh, or exasperating a situation. So it's important for us as men to uh, speak kindly. And I think this goes not just to our wives, but also to our children. Marriage should be a place that is a sacred relationship, that is a safe place for us to express our feelings, express our doubts, our fears, our concerns, in a place where we know that our spouse is not going to retaliate against us. From Living Word Church, you're listening to the Living the Word podcast, encouraging you to walk steadfastly in your Christian faith. Welcome back to another excellent episode of the Living the Word podcast, the place where we seek to love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our scheme cabinet. So that's what we're here for today. <laughs> here we Wait, go again. Scheme, scheme, scheme cabinet. Like, this is the place that you come up with S-C-H-E-M-E. scheme. S C H E M E. Scheme, scheme, scheme cabinet. Scheme cabinet. That sounds a little <laughs> fleshly. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ponder Patty was the last episode. Yeah, well, we know the schemes of the devil. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> scheme, well, scheme cabinet. It'll it'll go up on the shelf, and I'll use another right, one next right. time. You know. Scheme cabinet. It's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know this how is many, where you come up with your plans. I don't know how many more you can come up with, Dom. <laughs> I've got 13 more. 13 more cabinets. <laughs> Unless our listeners will submit more ideas. <laughs> so really, we have 13 more episodes. That's basically it. Oh, man. we got to make it to 100, though. Remember we're going to celebrate? It's going to be a big, a big deal. <laughs> well, we are picking up uh, in this conversation about marriage, and we discussed uh, the beauty of God's design for marriage last time, and even some of the roles and responsibilities of husbands and wives. And this this week, uh, we are going to dig into sort of the practical side and discussing arguments and forgiveness. And on that topic, Pastor Ben, uh, have you and Estelle ever, even once, have you ever argued? <laughs> Is that a real question? <laughs> once? <laughs> you know, I have talked to some older married couples and I've heard them say they've never argued. And I'm like, that means you don't talk, right? <laughs> you don't think. Uh, so, yes. Older, meaning their memory doesn't work so well. Maybe so. <laughs> but yes, uh, Estelle and I will be married 20 years in, in, in December of this year. And so in those years, we have definitely argued. So... I can think of one and I just share a quick story of proof that we do argue. Um, I don't remember the exact year this happened, but early on in our marriage, probably within the first three or four years, somebody within the church we were going to at the time said they wanted to bless us with uh, $2,000 worth of whatever we wanted to buy. (laughs) But they wanted to take a shopping so HDTV had kind of just started coming out around that time. And mm. I, I wanted an HDTV. Somehow I convinced my wife to go along with that purchase. <laughs> and so so we got a, a new TV, a 40 inch Samsung HDTV of about, you know, eight, 10 inches thick. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we got a surround sound system and all that. And we had five hundred dollars left over. You know, the guy said, look, I said it's $2,000. So I'm going to write you a check for $500. So we got the $1,500 worth of media equipment and $500 cash. And you know where the argument started? Over what we were going to do with that money. (laughs) So do you know what? The reason we argued was, was because Estelle wanted to do the right thing and be generous with it and give somebody 
an offering, bless somebody, do something nice because we were blessed. I wanted to spend more money <laughs> because I thought and I rationalized it. Well, he wanted to bless us. So let's figure out something else that we want to buy. And we got in an argument. And I was so selfish in that argument. I can't believe even to this day, I, I cringe over the fact that that was my argument. Eventually, the Lord humbled me and we did bless somebody with that $500. I love this story. <laughs> Good job, Estelle. Exactly. And this week, we have Pastor Scott back with us. And, you know, uh, Pastor Scott, with all of your years of ministry, your degrees in psychology, your understanding of the mind and how people work, certainly you and Bonnie have never had a fight, have you? Never schemed. Never schemed. <laughs> never schemed to fight. No, <laughs> no we've never, we never fight. <laughs> You're one of the older no. couples. I mean, we usually fight on the way to church, just about, or on the way home that? from church, almost every Sunday, Wednesday night. Uh, oh, really? And it's, it's usually about my driving. Oh. And so uh, I'm probably the most immature person in my family. And I do have problems with driving sometimes. And, and I don't like it. So it's so immature, but it's not, we won't really, well, we will argue. And then I'll, then I will, we're going to talk about later. I'll withdraw because I don't like her to tell me that I'm driving too fast. Oh, or, and so then maybe I'll just pull up down and drive five miles below the speed limit. And that just makes her even worse. So what, what kind of vehicle do you drive so I can take note of this? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a living word sticker. <laughs> yeah, so so that that would be our typical uh immature argument. And uh and then and then I'll just start reflecting later and like, why are you being so stupid? She just is trying to keep you from getting a ticket. <laughs> you don't need to get a ticket. So I would say that, you know, most couples argue, whether, you, whether you've been married for uh, six weeks or 60 years, just because you have two different people. Uh, I've heard it said uh, marriage is like two por porcupine trying to get close. And so <laughs> we're two different people and we have two different personalities and giftings mm -hmm. and opinions. So true. My wife told me one time in an argument, Ben, you know, I have a brain, right? <laughs> like I can think too. <laughs> and so we do argue. And so today we want to give practical advice for marriages about the subject of communication and resolving conflict. And so we want to introduce what we're going to call two principles of authentic communication. And so the first principle is this listening to understand. The second principle is expressing to be understood. So this is kind of umbrella principles of authentic communication. And really, these two principles are good for marriage. They're good for a leader leading a staff. They're good for our communication with our children. Um, just across the board, these are good principles of authentic communication. So the first principle is listening to understand. And this principle comes from God's word. And we see the first scripture that, that we kind of get this from is James chapter one, verse 19. It says, but everyone must be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger. So when you think about James one, yeah. it's kind of, he's using this imagery here, quick to speak, uh, quick to hear. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So I guess what James is saying in a, in a layman's term is, is that God's given us two ears and one mouth that we need to listen twice as much as we speak. And this is kind of the heart of that principle that we need to listen to understand Another scripture I think is uh, adds to this is Proverbs 1, 5, a wise man 
will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. So, so how do you become wise? You listen. And if you will listen, you'll increase in learning. So when it comes to communication, the first principle is really obvious. You, you have to listen in a way that helps you to understand. I think it could be said that listening is hard work. It requires hearing more than we talk. And so authentic communication requires proper listening habits. So what do you guys think about that? How, how, how have, you, have you seen that in your life? Yeah, in I mean, communication? So, so in counseling, this is like right up our alleys because it's not just a skill that we want to teach people that we are counseling because communication is such a barrier between couples or just individuals, uh, whatever it might be. Communication is important. Saying that it's listening to understand is so important because a lot of times we listen not to understand, but when we do listen, we listen to speak or listen to respond. Listen to respond, yeah. So, so am I truly listening to understand? As a counselor, I need to do that. If I'm, if I'm going to understand my client and, and what they're, what they're really struggling with, I need to listen to them and listen to understand. So we don't do this a lot of times. We, we probably most of the time practice listening to respond while someone is speaking. I'm thinking how I'm going to respond to them yes. or what I'm going to say. But so it, it takes it takes practice and intentionality that I am going to listen to you. And so I would reflect back what I, and maybe it's kind of corny counseling speak, but you don't have to say it this way. But. Well, what I hear you say is, and then repeat it back. It's clarifying questions. Yes, clarifying questions. And if if you didn't get it right, they have a chance to respond and say, no, that's not what I'm saying. Or yes, you got it. So that's important in, in communication is to listen. So, 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 so in authentic communication, listening to understand it, when you listen to understand, it communicates something to the person you're listening to, right? Yes. That you, you're valuable. You're valuable. And what um, you have to say yeah. is, is, is important mm -hmm. and it counts. Yeah. Especially for our wives, because yeah. feeling heard is most of what their, their conflict is, is they just want to know that we care. Yeah. Conversation is so important. they're heard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and vice versa. I know it's three guys here talking. And so we, uh, we're talking from our perspective as husbands, but I, I think you think from, from our perspective, we want to know that our wife un understands what we're thinking. And our, you know, a, a lot of times I know for me personally, I'm an analyzer and, and, and so I can go into a lot of details about something. And I want to know that my wife is willing to, to listen, to really understand the heart behind what I'm saying, why, why I'm thinking this certain way. And so I, I love what you said there, Scott, you know, about clarifying questions uh, that, that the, that's a proper listening habit yeah. is if your spouse is talking to you, it's good to ask those clarifying questions. And it's, it, it could sound, it could sound like this. Are you telling me that? And you fill in the blank. Um, what did you mean by what you said? Yeah. You know, like you, you're, you're, you're listening. Well, I want to make sure I'm hearing. What did you mean by what you said? Or you could say it like this of all that you just said, what do you most want me to understand? Like those are, those are some good clarifying questions. Um, it's very selfless. You're yes. actually putting them over yourself. You're saying what you're saying right now in this moment is more important than I want to get to the bottom of understanding you, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? You may have, we've all talked to people where, um, we know they're not really listening to us and you kind of get this blank stare from them. 
you know, and they're kind of like glazed over and you know that their mind is somewhere else and they're not thinking about clarifying questions. They're just, as soon as you stop talking, they're ready to go expressing whatever they want to say. And it really devalues the person that you're talking mm -hmm. to. I think we as men struggle with this a lot. We're so uh, analytical, like you said, and we are uh, task oriented and we can truly we can only focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> we're not that complex. We're, we're, we're not multitask. Our brains are different, right? Yes, they're very different. We, we have uh, filing cabinets in our brain, right? We have a work file and a, and a, and a, and a, a wife file and a, you know, a pleasure file. Right. Our DNA says we, as men, we want to solve a problem. We, we want to move forward. We right. want to come up with an action plan. And sometimes, like uh, Pastor Dom, you said earlier in our meeting prior to uh, recording, that women just want to be, then the conversation is what's important. Yeah. They want to be heard, but the conversation is important. And women can multitask. We need to put the book down. And listen, we need to put the TV on pause or turn it off, better yet. And, Turn off and, the Masters Golf Tournament and yes. listen to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and it is true, and speaking from a, a, a male perspective as husbands, uh, our wives, how many times do our wives tell us, I just want to know that you understand. Mm -hmm. I just want to know that you're listening and you understand. I can't tell you how many times my wife has asked me to repeat back to her, what did I just say? Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. To be heard. Mm -hmm. You know, I think our wives, people, we want to be heard. Like what I have to say matters. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the first principle because, because we, we all have that ingrained in us. We want to be heard. Then the first principle of authentic communication is we need to learn to listen in order to understand, not, as you said, Scott, listen in order to express or to be heard. Yeah. So can, I, can I build yeah, on yeah. what Scott said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the way that we're wired, we as men, we will get into a conversation to get to a point of the conversation. But for a woman, the conversation is the point. Yeah. yeah. And, and it is a pro husband tip that if we can let them conversate, even if there is no point, even if it's weaving all around at different subjects and emotions and memories and thoughts, and if, if we'll let them get to the end, they will sit back and say, ah, you're such a good listener. Nobody gets me like you. Yeah. And we win. You know, Absolutely. pro husband tip. Let them, the conversation is the point. Let them go and we win. Yeah. So I would say share this podcast because this is free advice. <laughs> Guys, this is free advice. This is gold so right here. We're not charging. <laughs> this is from personal experience. So yeah, listening to understand is the first principle. The second principle of authentic communication is expressing to be understood. So we want to listen so that we can understand our spouse, but we also have to learn how to express to be understood. So scripture that really speaks to this is let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. That's Ephesians 4, 29. So clearly this is speaking to this. Uh, if you really want to authentically communicate and be, to express, to be understood, we cannot allow unwholesome words to come out of our mouth. We, we, we have to speak words that are good 
for the edification of the person we're talking to. In this context, to our spouse, we have to understand that our words need to fit the need of the moment. Mm. Right. And so if we want to be understood, there's a need in that moment. And if we speak words that don't meet that need, then what it's not going to give grace to those who hear. We want our words to give grace to those who hear. Proverbs 10, 19 says, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. So that's a, that's a, a, another kind of goes back to what we're saying there in the first principle. We can talk so much that we're trying to express and we want to be understood, but we're expressing in a way that we're not going to be understood because we're, we're, we're talking too much. We're not allowing genuine conversation. I want to key in on this first principle and uh, this first scripture in Ephesians 4 about unwholesome words. And I'll just say this. If we want to be understood, uh, if we want our spouse to understand our heart and our feelings, we have to be very careful about the words that we say. And when we're in the middle of, in particular, an, an argument, we cannot speak harshly. Mm. Let's 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 talk about that. Yeah, I mean, that is just such a godly principle is that the words that we speak have power mm. and they have power in diffusing a situation uh, or exasperating a situation. Uh, it's like I can choose a word that's going to be like throwing gas on a fire or I can choose a word that's going to throw water on the fire. Mm. And and Proverbs is full of scriptures and practical advice on how to take care of this mouth. I mean, James said that the tongue is an unruly evil. Mm. You know, who can tame it? Well, it's, it's the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit working through the word that transforms us and sanctifies us and teaches us to put a bridle on this mouth of ours and, and, and control it. Uh, so it's important for us as men to uh, speak kindly. Not, and I think this goes not just to our wives, but also to our children. We can cause uh, them to... To have a lot of uh, resentment resentment towards us, the scriptures speak towards that, you know, that we need to uh, to watch the way that we speak to people and especially our spouses. But anyone, yeah. it's a good practice. I mean, it's a godly practice. Whether it's husbands speaking to wives or wives speaking to husbands or parents speaking to children, right. there is no place um, for cutting down those that we love. And I mean, this goes to coworkers, this goes to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ across the board. There's really, there's really no reason those that don't know the Lord that we see in public, but in particular in our marriage, and we're talking about marriage, I would challenge all the married couples that are listening to this now to make a commitment that you will never call your spouse a derogatory name. Absolutely. You'll never cut them down. Uh, you'll never yell at them, curse at them, speak harshly to them. Um, Marriage should be a place that is a sacred relationship that is a safe place for us to express our feelings, express our doubts, our fears, our concerns in a place where we know that our spouse is not going to retaliate against us and cut us down, call us names, uh, yell at us. Um, I've yelled at my wife before but not in anger. <laughs> Honey, I need a towel. <laughs> or, or we ran out of toilet paper. How many times have you done that? That's yeah. real life, right? Yeah, well, thank God we can text each other now. This conversation's gone south. But, but we should never yell at our spouse in Absolutely. anger. Absolutely. There's no room for it. And when we do, 
we need to we need to seek it, forgiveness. It's sinful. We need right. It's sinful, and we need to seek for seek forgiveness. So, I, I'll say, if you want to be understood, the quickest way to uh, uh, to ensure that you will not be understood is to express in anger, to express with hurtful words. Uh, and so those are the two principles of authentic communication. Mm-hmm. Listen to understand, express to be understood. And so now as we pivot here, just the last few minutes of this conversation, let, let's talk a little bit about resolving conflict in in marriage. So, so, so Scott, I, I think you kind of have some, maybe some, some common reactions that, people can have in resolving conflict. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that we would teach in counseling, but especially in a uh, marital counseling is that we're going to fight in different ways uh, and recognizing maybe a pattern and seeing that maybe we need a change. So like I come from a Marine Corps background and our philosophy in the Marine Corps is you fight to win. The Marines never lose because we don't fight fair. We fight, like if you come with a, a rifle, we're just going to drop a bomb on you. So it's <laughs> like we're going to win. We're not going to fight fair. And a lot of times that's the way we approach conflict. I just got to win. I'm going to be right. When no matter what. When I'm at gonna all costs. Yes. When at all costs. Yeah. And then the other way uh, is the opposite is just to withdraw which moves us away from God's beautiful design for marriage. And that is to be naked and unashamed and to be uh, transparent and open and honest with each other. Uh, so we withdraw uh, isolation. And then the other way is just to yield. Well, whatever. And as men, that's dangerous for us because God has has preordained that our role is a role of leadership to be the heads of our families. And so that's important that we, we not just yield. I mean, there, there may be a time for compromise. Maybe we need to admit that we are wrong, mm. but just yielding uh, doesn't solve a problem. There's going to be resentments mm. based on that. So what we need to do is we need, we need to really concentrate on the, the first principles of authentic communication, which is that listening to understand and expressing to understand. And that is what we call in psychology, just assertiveness versus being uh, authoritative or passive or passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the three, as you're saying there, the the three most common postures people take in an argument could be fighting to win, Mm -hmm. right? This is a, I win, you lose, I'm right, you're wrong. And it's a seeking to dominate the other person. I'm going to win. Some people, they fight that way. Yeah. Another way, as you said, Scott, was is to withdraw. Some people seek to avoid discomfort at all cost, right? I'm uncomfortable, so I got to get out. You see no hope in resolving, so you cope by giving your mate the silent treatment, like just I'm going to withdraw. And then, as you said there, I think it's really good. Sometimes people just they just yield. Um, it's kind of this idea you assume it's far better to go along with the other person's demands than to risk a, con- a confrontation. And this could go either direction. Mm-hmm. You could have a, a woman that's just that going to yield, yield that well. says, my husband's got a bad temper. And so I'm just going to yield. I, I don't want an argument. And, and that's not that's not healthy. No. Um, so what we want to see is we want to see a loving resolution. And so, you know, guys, uh, the way that I conceptualize behavior as as a, a clinician is I'm what they call a systems therapist, specifically a family systems therapist. So th- there's all kind of different therapists. It's just 
I use a biblical model and I see things through the lens of how the family has affected where I am today. And so when you think about ways of resolving conflict, Bonnie came from a family that where conflict happened and that resolution was modeled in a certain way. I came from a different family and we resolve conflict in our family a different way. And so we have to take these two different family systems now and mold them together. So recognizing that we are, though we are one through the institution of marriage, we're still blending two completely different family systems with different roles and responsibilities. And we are trying to orient ourselves to the biblical model. Right. We've learned habits from yes. how our parents fought and we're trying to learn it a different way. Exactly. We're trying to move to a to the healthy way, which is the biblical way. Yes. So, yes. So we, we've talked about three unhealthy reactions to conflict, fighting to win, withdrawing, yielding. Uh, let's talk for a few minutes on what are, is a healthy way to respond to conflict. Yeah. I, I mean, we got to go to God's word. That's that's where we get our answers for every area. Ephesians 4.32 says this, be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So right here, mm. what's the healthy way to resolve conflict? To see it through the lens of the gospel and what Christ has done for us. So when we're talking about resolving conflict, we're really talking about forgiveness. And so when we don't want to resolve conflict, when we are still angry at the person we're angry at, whether it's a spouse or anyone else, we're wanting to hang on to that offense and that hurt. And the question is, is are we going to withhold forgiveness or are we not? And so the pathway to a loving resolution is to remember that we've been forgiven in Christ. And if we can remember that Christ has forgiven us, even when we didn't deserve it, and we couldn't earn it, and we see that lens, that is the pathway to a healthy resolution. Um, and I, I've heard it said that if we're going to have healthy marriages, we're going to have to learn how to forgive. That forgiving marriages are healthy marriages. And, you know, I wish it was uh, true that in marriage that we didn't fight, but we're two selfish people that want our way, and we're going to fight. Marriages will have disagreements and arguments. And so Ephesians 4.32, through the lens of Christ, because he's forgiven us, we have to be forgivers of those who have hurt us. And I think that's the lens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, just the weight of scripture, it, I, I feel the weight of scripture right now that says, if I will not forgive, neither will my father forgive me. So it's that important. And forgiveness is one of the highest of Christian characteristics that we can aspire to. I mean, it is it, every, every one of the fruit of the spirit points us to forgiveness. And so what is the greatest thing that God has given us is forgiveness. And so as his people, as image bearers, as those who have put on Christ, we should forgive even as we have been forgiven. And forgiveness is never earned by definition. Uh, it's never, I'll forgive you when, I'll forgive you if, I'll forgive you when these things are satisfied. Forgiveness is always a choice and it's a choice towards someone who can't earn it. That's a good perspective. Absolutely. That's a choice. Yeah. It's grace. It's grace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's not ever going to be easy. I mean, there's the, you know, it, it's when you're truly hurt, forgiveness is not easy. 
And it, it, it becomes a choice based upon the reality that, that Christ has forgiven us. I mean, that's got to be the way that, that we see it. And, and I'll say this as we wrap up. I will say that in my life, in the relationships where there's been hurt, where maybe I've hurt them or they've hurt me, um, there has to be an, an initiator of reconciliation. If both people stay in their corner you know, and refuse to pursue and and, and reconcile. It, it's just it, it makes it worse. The calluses get built up. But at some point, one or the other person, whether it's the one who's guilty or the one who's the victim, somebody has to initiate reconciliation. Absolutely. And and, and I'll and I'll say this for us as men, and I say this in premarriage counseling. I'll say it in marriage counseling. I think that. Husbands need to be the ones that initiate forgiveness, just as God has called us to lead and to initiate. Um, I think we need to be the models of seeking forgiveness um, and be quick to apologize, be Absolutely. quick to admit when we're wrong. And even when we are wronged by our wife, be quick to say, you know what? Yeah, you hurt me, but I, I, I am not going to live in unresolved conflict and I'm going to I'm going to pursue reconciliation. Yeah. And we can't wait on a feeling. There's no feeling of forgiveness. You know, it has to be that, that choice, that grace, you know, and that's the only way that we'll have the naked and unashamed marriage is because as long as there's unforgiveness, there's distance yeah, and division. Yeah. I would say there's an attraction to a repentant heart. Mm -hmm. And one thing that, that Bonnie and I do, uh, we've had to walk through a lot of forgiveness. She's had to forgive me many times, 38 years of marriage. You can imagine we, we pray together. Every single night, we, I, I lead, we take each other's hands, and we'll never let the sun go down, that we're not going to seek God together. And so it's hard to go to the throne of prayer without first reconciling with each other and making sure that the, the sun doesn't go down on wrath. That's good. That's wonderful. Well, this has been an, an outstanding conversation and I uh, definitely hate to end it. Um, but we have another great episode coming up. We're going to be interviewing Jenny McCharge and discussing biblical womanhood. Yeah, Jenny McCharge is the women's ministry leader here. Oh, yeah. Word. She's so fun. Yes, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to another excellent episode of Living the Word. Tune in next time and we'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you would like to submit a potential question, a topic, or an idea for a future episode, or learn more about the Living the Word podcast, you can visit us at livingwordhoma.com. We would like to say thanks to all of you who subscribed, shared episodes, and left reviews. Living the Word podcast is a production of Living Word Church in Homa, Louisiana, under the leadership of Pastor Ben Bufkin. Our prayer is that you will remain faithful to living the Word.